Let's turn now to Matthew 6. I want to read from verses 9 through 34. And then we're going to read three verses from Proverbs 30. Matthew 6, 9 through 34. Hear the word of God. After this manner, therefore, pray ye, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. For if ye forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if ye forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Moreover, when you fast, be not as the hypocrites of a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces, that they may appear unto men to fast. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, when thou fastest, anoint thine head, and wash thy face, that thou appear not unto men to fast, but unto thy Father, which is in secret. And thy Father, which seeth in secret, shall reward thee openly. Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. The light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, Thy whole body shall be full of light. But if thine eye be evil, thy whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness? No man can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. Ye cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore, I say unto you, take no thought for your life what ye shall eat or what ye shall drink, nor yet for your body what ye shall put on. Is not the life more than meat and the body than raiment? Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto his stature? And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. 
They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothe the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth ye have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Proverbs 30, verses 7 through 9. This is the prayer of Agur, the son of Jacob. Two things have I required of thee. Deny me them not before I die. Remove far from me vanity and lies. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with food convenient for me. Lest I be full and deny thee and say, Who is the Lord? Or lest I be poor and steal and take the name of my God in vain. Thus far, the reading of sacred scripture. This morning, dear church family, we are to consider the fourth petition of the Lord's Prayer. Give us this day our daily bread. Those words may strike us a bit strange. You may think in 21st century America, this petition is certainly the smallest, the lowest of the six in the Lord's Prayer. Maybe you think it's even irrelevant. You, your refrigerator is always full. Your pantry stocked. The grocery stores in Grand Rapids have so much food that they often have to throw away stuff that doesn't sell. Poor people in another country need this petition, but not us. Well, if that's the way you're thinking, you're not understanding this very broad, sweeping petition. This isn't just about the bread we eat. It's about our life, our daily life. Give us what we need every day to live, to live to thy glory, to meet our needs, Lord. So this providentially is the Lord's day I'm to deal with on what the very day called Sanctity of Life Sunday. And of course, all the children, the hundreds of thousands of children that get murdered in the womb 
you see, is a blatant contradiction to this very petition. Because they don't get their daily needs met every day. This is a reminder, this petition, that abortion is nothing less than premeditated, legalized murder of nameless, voiceless, helpless human beings created by the living God. And this sin should fill us with holy anger. Particularly because even though we're grateful that Roe versus Wade was overturned, there are many states, almost half of them now, that are taking major steps, Michigan being one of the worst, to sanction this premeditated, legalized murder of nameless, voiceless, helpless human beings. We can't be, we can't be apathetic. We can't think the problem has been resolved. It hasn't been. Yes, the numbers of Babies killed in the womb have gone down a bit. We're thankful for all of that. But one is too many. God has said through David in Psalm 139 that we are curiously wrought and formed in our mother's womb. And he knows the number of our days when as yet there were none of them. We can't tamper with this. We can't take life into our own hands and destroy the image of God. This is godless murder. And we need to instruct those around us, our neighbors, our friends. We need to keep this issue on the front burner because God has created us in His image. We're not animals. We're human beings with a soul, a never-dying soul. We can't get used to this bloody crime committed every day. We need to storm the mercy seat on behalf of the unborn. We need to say also of the unborn, give them this day their daily needs. We need to remind each other that as a nation, we are bringing ourselves under the just Judgment of God and deserve to be destroyed as a nation. And as we speak to others, we need to evangelize them and show them that Jesus Christ is the bread of life. The one we need every day for our spiritual needs as well. So I hope you understand right from the, from the get-go this morning, this petition is big. It's broad. It covers so much in our lives. I want to look at it with you then from Matthew 6, 11, but also as as a backup text from Proverbs 30, 7 through 9, the prayer of Agur, two things have I required of thee, deny me them not before I die, remove far from me vanity and lies, give me neither poverty nor riches, Feed me with food convenient for me, lest I be full and deny thee and say, Who is the Lord? Or lest I be poor and steal and take the name of my God in vain. And we'll look at that in conjunction with Lord's Day 50, question 125 of the Catechism, which is the fourth petition, Give us this day our daily bread, that is, 
be pleased to provide us with all things necessary for the body, that we may therefore acknowledge thee to be the only fountain of all good, and that neither our care nor industry nor even thy gifts can profit us without thy blessing, and therefore that we may withdraw our trust from all creatures and place it alone in thee. So this morning we want to look at praying for physical needs. First, the what. Second, the how. And third, the why. What it means to ask for daily bread, how we're to ask it, and why we are to ask this. So what does this mean? Give us this day our daily bread. Well, first of all, it is a physical request. Instructor makes that clear. He says, provide us with all things necessary for the body. So, it's a request that means, give me what I need every day, Lord, for food, for clothing, for shelter, for everything I need to live. And that's not something we should take for granted. We do need certain things to live. God promised Adam in the fall that he would have to eat his bread now in the sweat of his brow. The bread here, of course, means food, but it also means everything else Adam and we need or needed to stay alive. Think of the Boys and girls, think of the prodigal son when he became so poor after he spent all his father's inheritance and he's in a pigsty eating pig's food and he remembers his father's house. He said, there was bread. There was bread enough and to spare my father's house. Well, what you're asking for is that the Lord will help you as you use the means to obtain your daily needs that he will supply them for you. So he's teaching us that part of the life of faith, part of the life of faith, is coming to our Heavenly Father like a child. Every morning when we get up, we're really praying, aren't we? I hope we are, that God will supply what we need for that day. Physical things, spiritual things, health, strength. Help us to live to the glory of God today, Lord. Like a child looks to his father to supply, his father and mother to supply every day. So God teaches us through this petition to look to him for everything and to expect everything in the physical realm from him. Now, by nature, we, we tend to think our food, our drink, our clothing, our shelter, our health, our safety, our strength, everything we need to live in this world, well, we can conjure that up. But all God has to do is put one little germ in our body, and we're flat on bed, and we can do nothing. You see, everything, our health, our food, our drink, every blink of the eye, every thought through our mind, every, every movement of our hands, 
Every, everything we accomplish day by day. We're dependent on God for everything. Everything. Now God uses means. If your mom makes you a good meal, you thank your mom because your mom was the means. But ultimately, bottom line, it was God who brought you the food. Because God gave to your mom the skills she needed. And he supplied to your dad to go out and work and earn the money to buy the food and, and, uh, the, the whole food chain, how the food got into the grocery store. It's all the grace of God, you see. Everything comes to us by the good hand of God to meet our daily needs. And so this prayer, this petition, is to be prayed with childlike faith. Give me today all my needs, Lord. For safety, for strength, for clothing, for food, for drink, for health, for shelter. Childlike faith. Because it all comes from God. That's the first thing. It's a physical request. Secondly, it's a humbling request. Humbling. Because it means I really, without God's help, I can't can't do anything. I can't do anything. And I can't supply anything. I need him every area of my life. So that's, that's what the instructor is saying here when it says, be pleased to provide us with all things necessary for the body that we may thereby acknowledge thee to be the only fountain of all good and that neither our care nor industry nor even thy gifts can profit us without thy blessing. So when you say give us this day our daily bread. You're not only saying, you know, give me cereal and eggs for breakfast this morning. But you're saying, give me the food and then give me the blessing upon the food that I may receive the strength from the food to move through the day and to live to thy glory today. So it's connected. This humble request is connected to the whole purpose of my life. What I'm going to do what I'm going to do with all these daily blessings. Now, you and I have a really hard time because we do have full refrigerators and we do live in a very affluent society realizing that all of this comes from God and being humble, being humble, before him. And it's only when the Holy Spirit enters into our lives and shows us what we deserve over against what we receive that that humility is really worked out so that we pray this prayer in truth. Maybe you remember, boys and girls, I told you one time about my dad when he came out of surgery. I think about this so often. And I, he had a heart surgery, and I came to see him, and he was crying. I said, Dad, are you in a lot of pain? He goes, no, no, I'm not in a lot of pain. I said, well, why are you crying? Well, he said, a nurse just came in, and she moistened my lips with an ice cube. And it felt so good. And I started thinking about the rich man in hell 
that he didn't have a drop of water to cool his tongue. And I thought, that's what I deserve. That's where I deserve to be. They just broke him down. Have you ever been thankful for an ice cube? You see, the point is, when you realize what you deserve over against what you receive, it breaks you down. You deserve hell. You deserve death. You're a sinner. I do. I deserve it all, too. So you, then you're thankful, humbly thankful for everything you receive. It's so interesting because in the world today, people think the way to be happy is to stand up for your rights, fight for yourself, and you're going to be happy. You deserve better. That's exactly the road to unhappiness because you never get enough. You always think you deserve more. So you're never satisfied. But when you realize that you deserve nothing but death and hell, you're truly happy. True thankfulness, true joy grows like a plant and it grows in the soil of our own unworthiness. A truly happy Christian is someone who realizes he deserves nothing, but it's all from God. Give us this day. Every day God is faithful. Every day we are amazed at his goodness. Every day we say, praise the Lord for all his gifts. Give us this day. It's a humble request. A humble request. It all comes from God. So much talk today about climate control, right? And, uh, oh, our president... You heard him say it. The greatest danger facing the nation today is that over the last 20, 30, 40 years, what is it there? Our temperatures are like one degree warmer. Greatest danger facing the nation. God controls the climate. So the crops can grow. He sends the rain and the snow and the wind. They come from his treasuries. They're controlled by his sovereign power. He sends them as he will. Every breath you take is the gift of God. You can't take one more breath without his will. How many times has your heart pumped in your life? How many hundreds of thousands, maybe millions... Psalm 104 says, All wait upon thee, that thou mayest give them their meat in due season. Thou openest thy hand, and they are filled with good. Thou hidest thy face, they are troubled. Thou takest away their breath, they die, and return to the dust. We are totally, radically, comprehensively dependent upon God. That's why we're to live to his glory. Completely. We owe him everything. Give us this day our daily bread.
So it's a physical request. It's a humble request. And thirdly, it's actually a spiritual request. It focuses on the honor of God, giving God his just due. Often we divide the Lord's Prayer, you know that, into two sections. The first section is about God, God's concerns, His name, His kingdom, His will. The second section deals with my concerns, my daily bread, my forgiveness of sins, my need for help to fight temptation. So first we have God's honor, then we have my needs. Now, there's a sense in which that's, that's true, of course. We first have the thy, and then we have the, the my, and that's the proper order. But the thy and the my are not to be totally severed from one another. They're connected. They're connected. I'm concerned about the three my petitions because I honor God's name, and I want his kingdom to come, and I want to bow to his will. You see, the prayer for daily bread comes from one who has already said to God, hallowed be thy name. Otherwise, it's an ungodly prayer. Otherwise, it's a selfish prayer. So when I pray, give me this day, our daily bread, I'm asking God to do that so I can honor his name, so that I can do his will. So they're connected. So it's just really a spiritual prayer. I need certain things every day in order to have breath to hallow his name and to do his will and to see his kingdom come. Lord, give me food today so I can praise thee. Forgive my sins so that I can stand before thee as one pleasing to thee. Preserve me today from temptation that I may honor thee. Whether therefore you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. So this is my goal in life. So this is just not a petition for a little more food in the refrigerator. This is a spiritual request that I may live the totality of life to the glory of God. But it's also a spiritual request because I want to bow. I want to bow under the wise providence of God. Did you notice in this prayer that Jesus is teaching us? It doesn't say, give me so much or give me more. It doesn't dictate to God what we want, how much we want, or when we want it. Praying for your daily needs does not mean presenting God with a grocery list. But actually... It's saying, Lord, meet my needs so that I can hallow thy name. Meet my needs so that I can live to thy kingdom's glory. Meet my needs so that I can live like a child of God, washed and forgiven. That I can honor thee with all that I do, even when I eat and drink. I want thy honor on the foreground. And you see, that's what Agar is getting at. Agar, by the way, Agar, the word Agar means a collector of wise sayings. A collector of wise sayings. Most commentators think probably this is 
Solomon himself. That's not necessarily a separate man, but it could be. But the point is that Agar understands that he's brutish and doesn't have good understanding by himself. He confesses his folly in the opening verses of Proverbs 30, but that leads him in his humility, in his spirituality, to to make this request from God in verses 7 through 9, a very interesting request. And you may think, well, he's just talking about poverty and riches, and therefore uh, he's got two desires, and it's all about physical things, and He's, this is in his spiritual a prayer, is David's prayer. One thing have I desired of the Lord that I will seek after. To dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life and to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. And you say, well, David's prayer seems so much more spiritual than Agar's prayer. But wait a minute. Wait a minute. What Agar is actually praying is, Thy will be done in all my life. You see, Lord, I I don't want to be wiser than thee. Thou art not an unjust God. Remove far from me. Remove far from me vanity and lies. Help me not to live in an empty way. Help me not to live away from thy truth and thyself who art the God of truth. My first request, therefore, is that knowing my own heart, knowing my weaknesses, please don't give me poverty, Lord, lest I steal. Lest I go my own way. And I'm also afraid of riches because I know my own heart and I'm afraid of the temptations that riches could bring me. I don't want to become like Pharaoh. Who is the Lord that I should obey him? You see, feed me with food convenient for me. Isn't that interesting? He's bowing under God's providence. He says, Lord, thou knowest better than I do what is good for me. I turn the reins of my life over into thy hand. Thou art the all-wise God. I trust Thee. Keep me from one extreme and another that I might not run away from Thee or become self-sufficient or deny Thee. Give me my, my portion that I need so that I can honor Thee the best. That's really what he's asking. And that's true of daily life as well. You know what it's like. You can, you can easily... Get jealous of other people and live covetously when you, when you don't have means that to get things that you'd like to have that they have. That's a terrible way to live. But you can also set your heart on physical things and think you need this toy and that trinket and that that possession and because you have riches and you go out and you get this thing you you think it's going to be happy but like a little child the toy gets tossed away after a couple of weeks. And you get used to it, and it doesn't give you satisfaction. That's what Agur is saying here. He said, I don't want to be full and deny thee, and say, who is the Lord, like Pharaoh? And I don't want to be poor and steal and take the name of my God in vain. Lord, 
You take control. And grant me the portion, the portion that is wisest for me with my weaknesses and my strengths and who I am. Thou knowest best. Now, Agar, Agar prays this way because he knows this life is not the end. He knows he needs to be prepared to meet God. He knows he, he's going to die. And this is the way we should pray too. Not, it's not just give us this day our daily bread as if we only think about one day. But this day is what's needed in the whole trajectory of our life. We need God's help every day because one day we're going to stand before Him and we need to be able to stand before Him in Christ and say, Lord, when He asks us, have you lacked anything? And we say, nothing, Lord, like His disciples said. Thou hast given us Everything we needed to, to, to live in comfort and die in peace in the Lord Jesus Christ. Also all our daily needs. So that we can be full of gratitude to God. Agar sounds so much like the Shunammite woman. What would you like? I'll go to the king for you. I'll go to the military captain for you. You can have anything you want. And she says, I dwell among my own people. I'm content. I'm content with what the Lord has given me. You see how spiritual this request is? Now that raises the question. How are we to ask for our daily bread? How are we to... That's, that's our second thought. That would be shorter on this thought. How are we to ask for our daily bread? Well, first of all, we're told... We're to ask for our daily bread by acknowledging God as the only fountain, our instructor says, the only fountain of all good. Now, what does it mean to acknowledge someone? Well, you thank them, right? Children, if you get a present from someone and you don't thank them, what does your mom say or your dad? Thank that person. You acknowledge them. That they, they give it to you. Well, every day we are to acknowledge God that everything in our lives comes from Him. The ability you have to do schoolwork. The ability you have to walk on the bus. The ability you have to communicate with your friends. It all comes from God. And to accomplish tasks You've got to thank God for everything. You know, the car you drive, young people, the house you live in, the food that will be set on your table this noon. You don't have any rights to any of them. God doesn't owe us anything. But you acknowledge Him. That's why we thank the Lord at every meal. Because we forfeited everything. He's the overflowing fountain of all good, every day of our lives, despite all our fears. So acknowledging God is recognizing it all comes from Him, thanking Him for it. It means recognizing that we've forfeited everything with our sin. And it means expressing our gratitude 
to him for everything we receive as a gift. Every bite of food you put in your mouth is a gift of God. Now, secondly, we are to ask God for our daily bread by seeking his blessing upon it. Notice how the Catechism says that neither our care nor industry nor even thy gifts can profit us without thy blessing. See, it's one thing to get things from God. It's another thing to get God's blessing on the things he gives us. Sometimes he gives us our way. Like he brought to Israel quails and it it killed them because they were murmuring. So he, he responded. He gave them something, but his blessing wasn't upon it. And so we need his blessing upon it. That's what we're asking for. We want to be blessed with what he gives to enjoy the approval and favor of God rather than the curse of God upon what he gives us. Proverbs 3.33 puts it this way. The curse of the Lord is in the house of the wicked, but he blesses the habitation of the just. So well, what does that have to do with prayer? Well, when you ask God to bless your food, you're asking him to use it to give you strength so you can go out and be blessed in your work, be blessed in your marriage, be blessed in your family. To bring honor and glory to him. If God is against you, all his blessings, so-called blessings that he gives you, his common grace blessings, will not really profit you. Your strength will fail. You may try your best, but your diligence won't profit you. Except the Lord build the house. They labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep the city. The watchman waketh but in vain. So when you pray, give us this day, our daily bread, implicitly, you're also praying for divine benediction. You need divine approbation on all that God gives you. That's why Calvin said it so well, that only the believer truly enjoys the possessions he receives because he enjoys God's blessing upon those possessions coming to him through Christ so that he enjoys them. As gifts of God. This is critical. This is critical. You can have a nice car. You can have a fancy house. You can have long vacations. You can have honor from the world. You can have a long life. But without the presence and approval of God, it will all do you no good. You have to leave them all when your life is over. Just like the rich man in the parable, the rich man in Lazarus. And Jesus said to him in hell, Son, you had your good things in this life. Lazarus, evil things. But you're receiving the due reward of your deeds. You never turned to me. You never repented. You never believed in me alone for salvation. Give us this day our daily bread. Doesn't mean we just want the bread. If we pray it in truth, we need God's blessing upon the bread, upon the needs he gives us, so that we in turn may return it to him, that we may love him who first loved us, that we may thank him who first poured this upon us, 
We're asking God to glorify Himself through what He gives us, that we may glorify Him back. That's how you pray this petition. Give me this day our daily bread. Well, my third thought then is, why are we to do this? Well, the Catechism says one more very important thing. It says, when you ask God to give you your daily bread, you're acknowledging Him, you're asking for His blessing, but you're doing it, notice this, so that your trust may be withdrawn from all creatures and placed in God alone. I love that conclusion. That is so biblical, isn't it? You're actually asking for a transfer of trust. A transfer of trust. See, by nature, we're prone to rely on ourselves, trust ourselves. We're prone to trust other people. And we think between me and you, we can get the job done. But what our instructor is saying, based on God's word, is no, we, we are very weak people. Our proneness to rely on ourselves and on others is, 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 is not the ultimate reliance. We can't just expect to meet all our own needs and others' needs from our own supply and forget the hand of God in it all. You know, we can... We can sit in church this morning or stand here and confess that we believe in the providence of God. And yet, this coming week, we could be filled with cares and anxiety and complaints and worries and fears. But if you have this transfer of trust and you really believe the promises of God and it really is a spiritual request for you, then you plead those promises and you turn your worries and fears and anxieties, you turn them into prayers. Give us this day our daily bread. I'm going to trust Thee on Monday, Lord, that all things work together for good to them who love Thee. And by the grace of God, I cannot deny that I love Thee. So I'm going to rest in Thy providential care over me today. Give me this day my daily bread. It's really about a transfer of trust to God as our Father through our older brother, the Lord Jesus Christ, by the Holy Spirit who works in us and grants us the things we need. So, when this prayer becomes a transfer of trust, think about this. That's when we're really honoring God. And then, even though it appears that this prayer is just for us, give, give us this day our daily bread, it's really for God's sake. For His glory. That we would trust Him and glorify Him in the process. Even though it's first for our sake, intangible things. But it's ultimately a transfer of trust so that we trust in Him and bring Him the glory. So I want to just close this sermon by giving you four practical areas why we pray this prayer 
in, in, in this transfer of trust, what it, what it does for us as true believers. First of all, this prayer is a powerful cure for anxiety. Anxiety, most of the time, is inseparable from unbelief. When we get anxious, and I'm right there with you, we're really, bottom line, we're doubting God's providence is really doing what is best. We're, we feel like we're losing control of something. We can't change, and we get anxious, and we're forgetting that God is in control. When our children are young, they get anxious about certain things, don't they? At a child's level. Maybe, maybe they're afraid of the dark. Maybe. Or they're afraid of something else. And, and you say, no, you don't have to be afraid of that. There's, it's all okay. There's, there's nobody there. There's... And you say, well, it's a child. But you see, from God's level, <laughs> our anxieties over and over and over again are like at a child's level because he's our father. It's going to be okay. He's going to take care of us. Give us this day, our daily bread. He listens patiently as we bring our needs and our cares to him. He even teaches us to say this. Our Father, which art in heaven, give us this day our daily bread. It's going to be okay. We should find comfort in this petition. That reduces, may I say it in a holy way at times, eliminates our anxieties. Because God takes delight in hearing our prayers and answering our prayers in turning our unbelief, or can I say it this way, our trust in ourselves, which is really unbelief, into trust in Him. So that's the first thing. It's a powerful cure for anxiety. Secondly, this prayer, the why of this prayer, is a good cure for our complaining. Our complaining. Complaining is an expression of unbelief because it means really ultimately, bottom line, we're being dissatisfied with what God in His providence has done in our lives. Complaining is a much more serious sin than most people realize. And this prayer serves to remind us that when you believe in God as your heavenly Father through His Son, there is no reason to complain. The things that are happening to you are not accidents. They are planned in His goodness. And when the worst things happen to you, they're not as bad as what you deserve. Philippians 2 reminds us, verse 14, Do all things without murmurings and disputings that you may be blameless and harmless as the sons of God. No son of the heavenly Father has any reason to complain. Every day, He gives you your daily bread. It's a cure for complaining. And thirdly, it's a cure for envy. Envy. Envy, of course, is thinking someone else has what you should have. Really, it's saying that God gave someone else what He should have given you. You're not bowing under the, under, under 
the truth that God has the right. God has the right to decide what that daily bread is for you individually. He has the right in his fatherly wisdom to give one more and another less. Do you remember the grumbling workers in the parable of the laborers? They all got one penny, even those that worked only one hour. And it made them jealous, the ones who worked longer hours. And the householder replied in Jesus' parable, Friend, I, I do thee no wrong. Is it not lawful for me to do what I will with my own? Is thine eye evil because I am good? That's what God teaches us when we pray, give us this day our daily bread. My wife taught me this lesson in a powerful way one time. It's very embarrassing to say it, but maybe I should. Um, There was a very close friend I have. You know, of course, I feel a calling in my life is to, to write I've, I felt that calling all my life, just like I feel the calling to ministry. It's a powerful call. And I feel closest to God when I write. And so I have a friend who, he can just, he can just write one time. He never has to go over it. He's just so gifted, way more brilliant than I am. And just the word choice, it's just beautiful. And he can produce a book in a couple of weeks. And it's like, wow. So I said one time, it's, it's embarrassing. But I said to my wife, if, can you imagine what I might be able to accomplish for God's kingdom if I, if I could have his gifts? And she looked at me. She said, I think you better be satisfied with what the Lord has given you. Oh, okay, yeah. That's it. That's it. Be satisfied with what the Lord has given you. That's the point. Friend, I do thee no wrong. I do thee no wrong if even in good things, if someone else has much more of that than you do. I do thee no wrong. I give you your portion. That's Agar's prayer. Give me my portion. God has made you to be you. He's given you the gifts you have. You're to, you're to exercise those gifts. You're not to bury them in the ground. You're to multiply them. Maybe you're a two-talent guy. Maybe you're a five-talent woman. Maybe you are a ten-talent person. Not too many of those around. But use whatever gifts you have. Take the gifts of God and multiply them. Give us this day our daily bread that I may give to others, that I may honor thee, that I may use all my efforts to the glory of God. Is thine eye evil because I am good? It's a cure for envy. And fourth, this prayer teaches us to transfer our trust to God in all the spiritual trials, the spiritual trials and struggles of life, the temptations of Satan, the the battles with assurance of salvation that many of God's children uh, experience, Give us this day, our daily bread, day after day. Help me today to rest in thy promises that the bread of life coming from thy word may be sufficient for me today. Help me to see the goodness of God to me today. 
Help me to understand today that He won't forsake me in the midst of spiritual trials. The very bread on the table shouts to me every day that He's the bread of life. And as certainly as He feeds my body, He will feed my soul. Isn't that what the Lord's Supper does? From the bread and the wine, we go to the bread of life. We go to the suffering Savior. We go to our heavenly host and we trust Him. He won't forsake us. He won't forsake us. So, please don't use this petition to make a grocery list for God. Remember, remember that our prayers to God can sound like petitions to a welfare office rather than childlike requests to our Father. Pray, dear children of God, as a childlike request to your Father, give me this day my daily bread. And God will hear your cry and you will say, He makes all things well. And you will experience the reality of Psalm 34. Let me close with this, verses 8 through 10. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. Fear the Lord, ye his saints, for there is no lack to them that fear him. The young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they that seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. Amen. Gracious God, we thank Thee so much that Thou art a God who meets our every need, our daily needs, physical as well as spiritual. But Thou art a God who art astonishingly interested in the smallest events of our lives. We can't fathom it, Lord. But we just know that it's Thy astonishing love that a being so great as Thou art, the creator of the heavens and the earth, the universe, the galaxies, does care about the bread on our table, about our needs being met every day, Lord, we thank Thee. We thank Thee for Thy kindness, Thy astonishing kindness to us every day. Make us ever more thankful. Fill our hearts with joy that the joy of the Lord would be our strength, that we would be overwhelmed by thy glorious goodness to us in Jesus Christ. Give us this day our daily bread. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.